Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Scott Richmond and Arnie Sherman. You're listening to What Do You Know on News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. Arnie, good morning. Today we have some special programming. As many of our listeners know, uh, John Engen, long-term mayor of Missoula, died on August 15th. And we were lucky enough over the past uh, six years or so to have him on our show many times as a guest. And we're going to use the next couple of weeks to share with our listeners again the comments, thoughts, and uh, life of uh, John Engen. Scott, good morning to you. We're a little bit over two weeks after... Democrats got shellacked in Montana. We, are, we have a president-elect from a different party, although it's being challenged. And today's show, we have Mayor John Engen to give us a little bit of his uh, take, a uh, post-mortem on the election. What's the current status of COVID in our community and, and you know what we have to look forward to or, or have to avoid over the next few months? And, uh, you know, what are some of the bright spots and, and uh, his priorities for 2021, which is fast approaching? Fast approaching. Mayoring, it's always a great guest, Arnie. I'm looking forward to it. Back after this. All right, Arnie, we are back with our guest, Mayor John Ingen. Mayor, how are you feeling? I am up and at him on a lovely Wednesday afternoon in Missoula, Montana. Well, good. It's good to see you. We're, we're two weeks past our election at this recording. And, uh, you know, it's probably um, premature, but I'm going to ask you anywhere, anyway, sort of as a postmortem. You know, what the hell happened to the Democrats in Montana? What's your take on it two weeks out? You, you, you know, the, the, so the beauty is I, I never pretended to be a pundit before the election. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't know that I am now. And I, I don't know that I... Any particular insight as a function of being uh, uh, an elected person. Um, so short version is that more Republicans vote, voted for Republicans <laughs> than Democrats voted for Democrats. Um, so ultimately, it's a math problem, right? Um, and so I think that the, the, the conversations we've been having um, in, internally and, you know, Missoula tends to be a little blue island for all sorts of reasons. Um, but, uh, y y you know, I, I think one of the one of the questions that comes to mind for me is, uh, is uh, do do are, are Montanans skeptical of of progressive notions that are relentless. I mean, there, there seems to be, there seems to be a lack of moderation in the country in general. Um, and I have general life as a moderate Democrat. Um, I'm not a police defunder. Um, 
I, I, I believe that we need, um, that we, we have an obligation to our fellow human beings with regard to social safety net, but, but fundamentally have supported, um, our system of capitalism, uh, and and I and I think some of the some of the noise and the anger just left people afraid and and thinking that that Democrats are going to run uh, roughshod over um, over liberty. And I think if you hear that enough, and if you don't have a lot of experience with reasonable Democrats, um, that might be the place you go. Uh, I was shocked by the margins statewide. Um, I thought I thought a number of the elections would be squeakers. Um, uh, I thought that, uh, I thought that, uh, we would pick up the house seat. Um, clearly wrong about that. Um, I thought that the Senate race was going to be weaker. Um, I thought that the margin would be tighter with governor's race. Um, and at the, at the end of the day, the margins were, were wide, um, and uh, my my hope is that we can we can figure out some ways to work together. One of the things that I have um, I've tried to do over the years is uh, is um, not automatically dismiss someone um, who had a different initial behind their last name than the one I have. Um, and. Uh, my my hope is that folks on the team can think about that as well. Um, this this country, in my opinion, was at its best when when moderate people figured out ways to work together, and that's just gone missing. Well, the country in general is more in the middle. Yeah. We like to hear about the extremes because they're more newsworthy and they're more you know emotion. Um, you know, emotionally rendering kind of uh, uh, banter or, or headlines or, you know, whatever, with the, the thousands of news outlets that are out there. But now we have a circumstance in Montana that hasn't existed in our lifetime, I don't think, having all three branches of government controlled, you know, the, the House, the Senate, and the and completely dominated by one party, in this case, the Republican Party. And uh, that's unprecedented. I mean, I think the last time that happened in Montana was in 1930s. And, and I've seen, there are a couple of things that have initially percolated out that I thought you might want to comment on. One is some of the early release of their agenda, to me, looks a little bit like the experiment, as it's referred to, which, it, which was, uh, to most observers, not a very good experience. On cutting taxes, giving business uh, businesses uh, you know huge tax cuts, and somehow that's going to benefit the the rank and file average person. Never materialized in Kansas. They they didn't take welfare expansion as part of their agenda. That didn't go very well. Um, it led to a change in leadership in the state, you know, by and large. And I'm wondering, after looking at some of the uh, you know some you know what's your thought about how how Montana is going to drift over the next at least two years for sure. Well, um, so a couple of things that I believe to be true. One is governing is different from campaigning. 
uh, and and uh, governing is different from promising. Um, and and pure agendas under any um, construct um, don't tend to survive. Um, for also uh, the the agenda that I had seen in uh, the speaker or the presumed speaker elect to have delivered um, to the Republican caucus. Um, I don't think there's much unexpected there, um, but but uh, you know whether you're a, whether you're a Montana Democrat or a Montana Republican or a Montana Independent, um, we're not we're not very good at lockstep, um, and we're not very good at one size fits all solutions, uh, particularly when we're not sure that there's a problem to begin with. So while I think that that is likely an ambitious uh, agenda, um, my my sense of things is that uh, is that it, it will likely it will likely get tempered by um, by the process itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and whether you're Republican or Democrat, um, it's hard to keep everybody. Uh, everybody in the caucus where you need them um, because they report to different constituencies and have, um, have perspective and have obligations. Um, Although in the past, as you know, mayor, there has been a, uh, you know, sort of a override ability or a, you know, there wasn't a super majority in both houses of the legislature. And there is now, which appears to mean to me, that if there's something egregious happening, the only, you know, by a Democratic perspective or even an independent perspective, let's say Medicare rollback or uh, a much more strident uh, um, abor- uh, anti-abortion, uh, you know, rulings, then the only recourse you have is, is a legal recourse because you, you can't do anything to block it in the legislature. They have an unfettered ability in theory, obviously, and in practice, to pass whatever they want because there's no luck in their way. So while you paint a picture, you know, of, of reasonableness, which we hope happens, you know, there's been a Democratic governor for 16 years, and the previous one used a branding iron to veto things, and uh, they don't have that uh, as, a, as an obstacle anymore. They sure don't. Um, let me let me switch to a different aspect of, of this uh, just for a moment. Um, I, I saw today some photos from the Republican caucus, and not a single member that I could see was wearing a mask, shaking hands, patting each other on the back, speaking in the room. Rather than say, you know, what's wrong with them for not wearing masks? That's a, that's that's my general visceral visceral reaction. I've known half a dozen people who've died from COVID. I've known many that have, you know, that are sick now uh, from COVID. The Missoula case rate in the past week has been over 70 cases a day. The national average is only 48 cases a day. Um, if we were a country, if Montana was a country, we'd have the eighth highest incident of COVID per capita of any country in the world. So my question really to you is, as, as a public servant and someone trying to, as concerned about public health, what do they have right, what's their, what's the thinking about 
ignoring masks and not following, you know, what science and healthcare um, has indicated is, is a helpful way to proceed. Why do they think they're right about this? You know, Arnie, I think I think we've we've touched on this in some of our previous conversations. Um, so there, there's a component of this that is that is simply theater, and um, and uh, Pres- President Trump has has uh, I think successfully um, turned uh, turned the the White House into a stage. Um, and and uh, uh, when when he turns out the base, um, the folks who want to get reelected are going to go in that direction. Um, the other thing that I think we've talked about in the past is that uh, in in the age of social media, um, everybody gets their own set of facts and. Um, and in in that arena, uh, kind of anything goes, right? So um, so there's theater, there's statement, there's some fact, um, there's some just sort of defiance, right? And I, I think you know the Republican Party has has um, has done its best to sort of establish itself as um, as uh, as sort of uh, common sense no drama um, and absolutely a snowflake free zone and uh, and and we as Democrats haven't done a great job of demonstrating that we're not really snowflakes um, and that science and facts matter uh, uh. right but, but, but as, as we know this is not just a, a philosophical debate about whether, you know, a social democrat is a socialist or not. You know, based on this is a life or death issue. I remember, you know, I'm a I'm I'm a couple of decades older than you almost, and I remember when the seatbelt laws first came in, and there was a lot of uh, reaction to that. My father didn't like wearing them, for example, but his he he always said, "Hey, if I die, I die." So I mean, it, it wasn't going to really affect any. He didn't tell me not to wear one in the car. You know, they, they had to be installed at that time, you know, but he didn't want to wear one. This is a little bit different because your behavior affects other people, people that you don't even know and people that you do know. And so I really find, you know, this to make a political statement or make it a wedge issue or make it a liberal versus conservative issue is really a, a damaging direction that, that, that we've headed um, and, uh, you know, putting aside, you know, whether you can find an objector to the common knowledge about, you know, that science has about this. How do you as a mayor trying to keep this under control in Missoula, Montana, you know, you know, what are your options? You know, how do you overcome this? Well, the, 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 I mean, really the challenge from day one for us in Missoula and in cities throughout the United States is that that without Without a federal response to what is a national crisis, um, we're all ad hoc, right? And and because we're ad hoc, and multiple jurisdictions are doing things differently, um, our our ability to 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 be consistent um, has been tempered dramatically. There is absolutely no point in in issuing a stay at home order 
um, for Missoula County uh, if Ravalli County is open and if Mineral County is open and if mm. Granite County is open. Um, so, so this lack of federal response to something that's killed, you know, hundreds of thousands of Americans um, is c- continues to be sort of mind-boggling to me. Uh, we've talked about this before. You know, my dad was a was a World War II veteran, right? And spent about three and a half years in the Pacific. Uh, my mother and I have had conversations of late about uh, uh, food rations and, you know, you couldn't buy nylons during the war and the the list goes on. Um, and we would have lost the goddamn World War if... Um, if 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 uh, if chronology had changed, right? We're we're not that na- we're not that nation anymore. Um, I'd like to think that we could be that nation again um, over time. Pendulum swing, uh, uh, circumstances change. People get fed up one way or another. Um, but that that notion that we are all in this together um, has gone missing, and and really we need to find that as we has, you know, as the president elect talks about the struggle for the soul of the nation, um, the, the 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 soul of the nation um, hinges uh, dramatically on whether we elect to be in service to one another, um, and and self interest and personal responsibility only take you so far and then you need help. You and you and commissioner, you and county, sorry to interrupt, but you and county, county commissioner Slodnik have, you know, formed a, a formidable team working together on COVID and COVID response. Um, Has working with the surrounding counties become more challenging as time has gone on, or is it just equally as challenging all the way through over the past nine months? You know, I, I think I think it's been I think it's been consistently challenging, um, and it and it really isn't isn't because of the the health officials who in this state are charged with that responsibility. They have statutory authority um, to support public health and 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 manage through these um, crises. Uh, it's, I, I, it's, it's the elected officials, um, responding, um, either, either responding to things they hear or parroting things that they've heard at the federal, um, Mm. or state level in some cases. Um, so I mean, sort of consistently challenging, but the health officials, I think are pretty darn squared away and have the best interests of the and it's really a challenging job, right? Because all sorts of oxes get gored here. Um, I think, you know, I think we'll see a legislative push to to um, to remove some of that authority from the independent health agencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that it's always a mixed bag, right? Um, if 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 I'm the elected official, I think the elected officials ought to be in charge. <laughs> but if it, but if it's an elected official I don't agree with, then I don't agree, right? So um, <laughs> my, my hope is that there, my hope is that we can maintain some some degree of independence. I I would like the I would like the um, collaborative uh, the collaborative opportunities between health officer and local elected officials to to grow. 
Um, I think, uh, I think being a health official, being a health officer is a really lonely place and without the support of electeds, um, and those collaborative conversations, which we've had a ton of over the course of the last months, um, it's, uh, we're, we're sort of setting ourselves up for failure. Hmm. Let me, let me ask you this. I noticed that, uh, Governor-elect Gianforte has appointed a number of commissions and advisory groups in a variety of areas. Um, I didn't see, and maybe it's my, uh, I've, I, I overlooked it. I didn't see anybody from Missoula appointed to any of these so far. I, is that, yeah. Is yeah, that I, correct? It, it is correct, and I've had a number of people point that out to me um, and ask me what I think of that. You know, is, is, Missoula, is Missoula being punished? Um, uh, I, um, I'm going to give the governor-elect benefit of the doubt. Um, I suspect that he's got relationships, uh, and the folks um, in his circle, relationships as well so I'm, I'm guessing he put together a team that made some sense to him based on what he what and 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 who he knows um, and we'll just see from here um, I sent I sent uh, uh, the governor elect a letter yesterday congratulating him and letting him know that there's lots of experience in Montana's cities and towns um, we are very close to the folks we serve Uh and we're pretty practical in terms of um, meeting community need and solving problems. And if we can be a resource, we want to be. Yeah. Now, you always wonder in a time when administration changes, both here in Montana and nationally, there's always a call for unity and for reaching always. across the aisle. But in my experience, it rarely happens. Or if it starts out to happen a little bit, it, it quickly gets derailed. So I'm hoping you're right. My sense is uh, it's not an error. Uh, uh, it's not a mistake. It's, an, it's, it's not an error of omission. But anyway, but I want to talk yeah, I mean, about, about COVID's effect here in Missoula. Um, we, ha- we've received a- we received $80 million in the county for corona relief grants. What do you think the impact of that has been? And, and, and maybe more to the point, what do you think would have happened if we didn't get that eighty million dollars in in the county? I, I, th- I think a lot of I think a lot of doors would be shuttered today, and a lot and a lot more people would be unemployed. Yeah, I mean it, it's been significant. It's, it's been significant for us in local government. We've used care funding to support salaries of first responders. Um, and I mean it's been it's been a lifeline in terms of um, our budget for fiscal year. 21 and, and, and we'll, we'll have benefits beyond that. Um, business owners I, I talked to, um, have, have certainly been grateful for the support that they've had through CARES. Um, uh, yeah, we, we'd be, we'd be in a much different place today. My, my concern is that, um, we, we are in worse shape today in, Missoula, Montana, and in Montana in general than we were in March and April and May and June. Uh, and um, while there appears to be some light at the end of the tunnel in terms of vaccine, um, I think we got a couple of really rocky months here. And if 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 uh, if we're going to keep restaurants and bars in business post pandemic, 
um, they're going to need some. They're going to need financial help. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, from my perspective, I think businesses have been as resourceful as they could be. You know, from having igloos at you know at the top hat, outdoor igloos, you know, for uh, for protection, to all sorts of other kind of dining experiences and restaurants doing curbside pickup and retail stores doing the same thing and you know trying to to maneuver as best they can given given the circumstances and uh, beyond that what you know what do you say I know we're, I know we're struggling and we've got a couple of more difficult months ahead of us that we've had behind us and why is that just the length of how this has been going how long this has been dragging on and it, 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 I think it's I think it's a function of how long it's been dragging on. And, and how, uh, and, and how much more disciplined I think we're going to need to be if we want to break the back of this thing. Um, if, if, I think if we're, if, if we are simply in a position of owning that, um, that, uh, a lot more people are going to get sick. And as a function of that, um, some of those folks are going to die. I mean, if we're willing to accept that, uh, then, then it's, you know, Katie bar the door, right? I, I think we can do whatever we want. But, um, if we, if we are intentional about, about tempering this, um, and sparing, uh, folks from suffering, um, the discipline that you saw in governor's order, the discipline that you saw in, uh, uh, Missoula County, uh, Missoula City County Health Department's order, um, is going to be necessary. The challenge for us issuing that order is that we didn't we didn't have an, uh, any ability to provide financial support with it. The state does, um, and so my hope is that my hope is that as the governor suggested in his uh, remarks yesterday, <clears throat> some some remaining CARES Act dollars can go to to support these businesses who are. Um, and it's not just anecdotal. I I talked with these business owners. Um, they're, they're on the ropes and, and, and it's, and it's not just a business owner who's, you know, I, I think folks have the mistaken in, uh, impression that, um, if you own a business, you're loaded and you can write out anything, um, that clearly isn't the case. Um, and, and those small businesses employ people and, you know, I, I, I look at the folks who are uh, in the service industry in particular, um, who are just they're they're going to be on the ropes with the folks who employ them, and that creates all sorts of community challenges. Right. And and even if you are an advocate and a believer, and a heartfelt believer in herd immunity, and let's just all get sick and see what happens, and you're going to get a vaccine, that doesn't mitigate the fact that if you're people are going to the hospital not because you know out of a political statement they're going to the hospital because they can't breathe right. you know and i don't, I don't know what our, uh, what our uh, uh, room rates are here but i know in billings they had to fly in 30 doctors and they're putting people in parking lots i think we're at something like 75 percent percent of er capacity if you get much higher than that my concern is, you know, uh, for people who have a, another kind of medical emergency. You know, a kid gets hit by a, you know, a kid gets hit, hit by a car. You know, uh, uh, somebody breaks their arm or leg. Uh, you know, all the other things that can happen that you need emergency or trauma care for, it's not going to be available. 
No, that, I mean, that's, from, that's an unintended consequence of this, but it's a serious life-threatening consequence of all of this. And, and from you know, from day one, nationally at the state level and locally, we've been we've been all about preserving that capacity in the healthcare system for all the reasons you described. Um, that that was sort of job one is let's make sure that our hospitals aren't overrun. Um, and we're we are as close to that in Missoula, Montana today as we've been. Um, I mean, fortunately, we we've had we've had months to sort of build a foundation and create um, contingency plans. Uh, so um, wh- whatever whatever's next is far to mold, but it, but it's also not uh, end end of day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. Making sure that, making sure that the, the healthcare system, which is, which is designed for non-pandemic healthcare, um, can handle non-pandemic healthcare. So riddle me this, Mayor. Um, we have a pretty high, in Montana and in Missoula, it's more than we want. It's been going up, the, the, uh, the uh, last week average is, uh, um, you know, over 70 cases per week. Yet we have people moving here from places that have less of an incident of COVID. Washington State and California per, cap- per capita, per 100,000, has a lower incident of COVID than we do. And our real estate market has never been more booming than it is now. The inventory of product in the market is very low. Prices have gone up by you know twenty percent over this time last year. What's going on? So, Arnie, when I, I've been I've been thinking lately when we when we did your podcast, um, and I was pretty bullish on the future of Missoula. I think I said that we discovered um, in yeah. a kind of a different way. Um, weirdly, none of that has changed, and I and I frankly think that COVID has exacerbated it. Right, so mm-hmm. I I continue to I can we, we will come to the end of this, um, there, and there will be consequences to it. But I think Missoula's concept. I, I think we will we will be far less impacted than some other places um, because we were we were discovered for being cool, and and now we've been discovered, um, rightly or wrongly, as a place where where COVID isn't rampaging, right? Um, or at least you have more open space to, to uh, exactly right. I mean, if, if if yeah, I mean, if your if your per capita numbers are are similar, but the capita is a lot smaller, um, yeah, you, right? Yeah, you've got yeah. I mean, you you got some room to roam, right? I mean, if and, you're in downtown San Francisco, I mean, you have a few parks, but you can't right. easily walk five minutes and right hardly right. anywhere. Yeah, so I th- yeah, I think there's a bunch of you know there's a bunch of psychology at play here. There's also a bunch of wealth that's being on the sidelines, and people are thinking, well, here is you know we've been thinking about doing something, and now it's time to do it. Um, I, I I've made the acquaintance of a number of folks who um, who <clears throat> came home, quote unquote, as a function of uh, as a function of um, work from home orders and it just seemed like a good idea to get back to Missoula and be around friends and family and, and have realized that they don't need to go back. Um, they're, they're going to 
be here remotely and have a good life here. Um, th- those folks bring, they bring resources. In some cases, they bring business. Right. They bring, uh, they bring appreciation for the place. Um, uh, the, um, a, a place that some of us take for granted. Um, and I, and, I, I and disposable that, income. Yeah. And I think the net result will not be, um, uh, Bose manification of Missoula. I think the net will be will have will have more more people and more resources um, uh, and and people who appreciate the the coolness of the place. I, we don't become generic. I think there's also Arnie. I think there's also the Yellowstone factor. You know, you have a major television program that happens to capture the psyche of everyone. Right now, another one uh, launching called Big Sky. It just yeah. launched last night, Arnie, and it's yeah. I haven't I haven't watched it. But the point is, is that we saw that reality television could give us a president. Television <laughs> series could bring us new residents. Right. You know, and and some of them, I I, I just uh, made the acquaintance of uh, of uh, somebody who came back, just like the mayor was uh, was saying, a former University of Montana uh, student who was the head of global change, who is the head of global change management for the Gap and for uh, Old Navy, based in San Francisco. She she was told she could live anywhere. She didn't have to live in San Francisco and immediately moved to Missoula. You know, so you, you're able to bring folks in like that. It would be interesting if someone did a survey of, of sort of the, you know, who's coming here and... You know what does the profile look like? You know you might make an argument with that that um, if they, if they fit a certain kind of uh, um, demographic, our, our state may be becoming more conservative or more liberal, or may really shift the balance in a state with only a little over a million people. If you have a hundred thousand people moving here that are come from a particular segment of the population. Yeah, my 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 hunch is that if you're if you're uh if you're a, a relatively conservative person and you're paying any attention at all, um, you're likely going to end up in another Montana city than Missoula. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless you have a job here or you went to the university or, you know, family, you know, right. right. But I'm talking, I'm talking, you know, not, that's probably absolutely true about Missoula, but in terms of, you know, statewide demographics and statewide elections, um, you know, you might see us become permanently a red state as a result of some of those changes and some other things that you alluded to earlier, which is, you know, the inability, I think, of the Democrats in the state to put up a um, a ticket that differentiated itself from the most strident elements of the National Democratic Party. I mean, I don't think anybody with any real information about things really believes, you know, Kathleen Williams is Nosey's clone, you know, or any of these other sort of things that, that uh, you know, that um, Mike Cooney was, is, is an ultra-liberal socialist. I mean, he's been around for 44 years. You've seen his record. He hasn't done that. But weren't able to extricate themselves that. And, and that's not only a problem here in Montana, but I think it's a problem that the National Party has as that uh, uh, given how many seats they lost, they were supposed to pick up seats in the, in the United States House of Representatives, they're going to have maybe a single-digit majority, which is very unusual when 
the the uh, the White House changes party, and the rest of it doesn't come along with it. Yeah, really unusual. And I mean, and, and it, it is interesting. So if you if you look at um, let, let's just look at, at recent history. Uh, uh, Governor Schweitzer threaded that needle, right? Um, yes. Right. Uh, Governor Bullock threaded that needle. Senator Tester continues to thread that needle, mm-hmm. and I think gets and I think just just gets better at it over time. Um, you know, his his margin in the in the last his last race was the best he's had. Um, right. Even even though the president was out here four times hammering on him, um, but it but it really is is a, I mean, and and if, if you if you look at each of those. General, um, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna see relatively moderate Democrats, um, who, who, who made members of their own party mad, certainly made members of the other party mad, but also pleased members of the other party occasionally. Mm. Um, I remember when, uh, when Brian Schweitzer was asked what was his position on guns. It was one of my favorite political lines ever. He said, uh, I have more than I need, but less than I want. <laughs> and he never got asked about it again once he said that, right? I mean, it's, that defined his position, and everybody could relate to that. That's very, that's very Governor Schweitzer. Ma- right. Max, ba- Max Bacchus, Senator Bacchus, Ambassador Bacchus, moderate guy, threaded the needle. Um, mm-hmm. Mark Roscoe, Republican, also threaded, also threaded the needle, right? Well, here's an example. As you mentioned, Mark, Mark was a Republican governor, very successful. He was became the Republican National Committee chairman and publicly said he was voting for Joe Biden for president. So he had always been sort of in the middle. And, and uh, you know, even to this day, he hasn't he hasn't moved along with some of the flow in the Republican Party, you know, to to become, you know, the Trump party. It's not even, I don't even think it's, I looked, I took a look at some of the Republican party platform from 20 years ago, and it resembles the Democratic party platform of, of today almost. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's moved and, and on the other hand, 72 million plus people voted for Donald Trump in this country. Yep. So there's something that he offered and provided, you know, that, uh, that resonated with a good portion of the electorate. Yep, and something that we can't fail. We can't just dismiss. Uh, Democrats can't just dismiss it. They have which, to understand which, it and, and figure yeah. out a way to provide something that meets some of those people's needs. Yeah, and and if we if we could not dismiss each other, right? Um, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, we. Uh, we, we we can't dismiss 70 million people who voted for Donald Trump um, in the same way that the what 78 or so who voted for uh, Joe Biden not not, not um, it's a two way street. Um, sure it is, and, and, and people also could, forget, and I like to remind them of this that probably the greatest president of the last hundred years, you know, has probably been Franklin Roosevelt. He came in, he got elected four times president of the United States. That had changed the uh, Constitution after that. Um, he got us out of the Great Depression. He instituted all the all the great programs, Social Security and all. In his best year, 40% of the people still voted against him. Right. There's been that streak in this country. I mean, in this day and age, 51% of the vote is a landslide. Right. 
Yeah. You know, and so you can't ignore the reality of that, that uh, that you can't, you're not going to appeal to 75% of the population, no matter who you are, what you do. Right. And I, and I think the importance is that um, our system, if it's 51%, that's all you need to count to, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although the Electoral College makes it always uh, an interesting, uh, you know, an interesting experience, an interesting exercise. You know, and and uh, those of those of us who are constitutionalists or new terminology that I didn't hear of until last year or so, an originalist, you know, go back and say this is the way it's always been, and, and disregard or or minimize the reason that was first put into place. You know, even though heritage and it's a couple of hundred years old, doesn't mean it can't be or should be revisited and thought about in terms of way society lives and operates now. It's a lot different. Yeah. I mean, when they, when they wrote that the largest city in the United States was Boston, it had 40,000 people, you know, it's it's a completely different uh, reality that you're, that we're dealing with now. And, and that was put in at that time, the electoral college in order to make sure that the, the South was appeased. They thought they were going to be run over, you know, by two or three big states like that had 40,000, that had a city of 40,000. You know, now it, it, le- it leads itself towards a much more, I think, stilted mi- minority rule, you know, kind of uh, dynamic. I think the uh, when, 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 tr- when uh, Donald Trump got 306 electoral votes last time, the actual number of people that made up that electoral votes was 20 million less than were in the you know, the the votes that Hillary Clinton got. So 20 million less people comprised those number of uh, of electoral votes. And that, that wasn't, I think, the original intention to be that that skewed. But anyway, it's it's important to talk about and it's important to, you know, to revisit in the context of everything else that's going on. Have you had conversations since the election with John Tester? Um, I have I have not talked with uh, John. I talked to his chief of staff at Wayne. Uh, uh, but yeah, Senator Tester and I have not yet. And I'm looking because he is, the, he is the surviving statewide Democratic office holder, and you are, I think, the uh, the elected official representing the most people of the Democratic Party at this point in Montana. Is that correct? Billings uh, mayor isn't a Democrat. Is is the mayor in Billings a Democrat? <laughs> uh, he, he, uh, I don't know, Artie. Um, I don't. I don't think so. But it's hard to but, think that it would be, or she would be. She would, but it doesn't. It doesn't matter. You're one of the, if not the number one. You are one of the top two local Democratic officials, and the two of you, in many ways, are now the leadership of the Democratic Party in the state of Montana. So uh, you don't need an extra layer of responsibility thrust on your shoulders, given everything yeah. else you're dealing with. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, well, you know that I that leadership that leadership over time um, has uh, and and I'm grateful um, largely fallen to largely fallen to uh, statewide electeds um, uh, in in particular governor uh, and and senators um, kind of leading that charge. Um, so I'm surprised I'm surprisingly not all that involved. Um, 
I've, I've been around, I've been around a while and if anybody um, wants my free advice, which is worth every penny, I'm happy to offer it. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll leave that, I'll leave that work to send a tester. <laughs> if he wants to recruit me, he certainly can. What do we, let, let's, we've talked a lot about 2020. What do we, what do we have to look forward to in 2021, Mayor? Both here in Missoula and, you know, in the state. Uh, so, so, so as, so as I look, as I look through the fog of, um, COVID, um, I think, I think that I see, um, development happening at the pace that we saw pre-COVID, um, and more, um, I see housing production continuing to be a critical issue for city of Missoula and we're doing a lot about that, um, I think we see, uh, I, I think we see a lot of sort of post-mortem activity with COVID. Um, I think everyone's going to look at, um, at their, uh, their emergency planning. I think everyone's going to look at their resources and inventory of personal protective equipment. Um, I think we're going to have to sort through how vaccinations happen in this nation um, and in our place. Uh, but I think I think kids get back to school, um, parents get a little bit of relief. Uh, I think the nature of the workplace um, remains changed. Um, there will still be a need for for office space throughout our community, and I think more will get built and be occupied. Um, but, but the workplace is different of, um, uh, choice and, um, productivity. And, uh, I, I think we'll, I think, I, I, I think if you're buying zoom stock today, it's probably still a good idea. Um, uh, but I, I, I don't, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, Optimist, so I see, right. I see the place that's been growing and thriving for some time continuing to grow and thrive. Absolutely, let's take a quick break. Our guest is Mayor John Angan on what do you know? Back after this. Okay, we are back, Arnie, with our guest, Mayor John Angan. So, given all that we've discussed, Mayor, what's your priority, your highest priorities for twenty twenty one? Uh, housing, making sure that we are um, creating creating an environment where quality development can happen um, quickly and relatively painlessly. Um, fundamentally, if, if 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 folks aren't housed, um, and I mean from from a billionaire to somebody whose um, residence is currently a car, everyone needs a house in order to thrive and or a home i should say in order to thrive um and that is an unmet need in the community so we're working diligently on that um equity is another issue um we we haven't forgotten black lives matter we're continuing to engage um really looking at our looking at our own operation and and making sure that um that that we're doing everything we need to do as uh, as an institution uh, to ensure uh, equity uh, in the workplace, and if we if we learn from that, 
and and can uh, expand that experience um, to the rest of the community. We're going to do that as well, uh, and um, and you know con- continue. We're delivering um, the the highest level of service that we possibly can um, at at the lowest rate of taxation. Um, we have folks who have high expectations. And um, I, I tell you, I have a team today at City Hall, um, which with such remarkable talent and drive um, to do everything we do better that I suspect we'll see the results of that enthusiasm in really short order. And we're seeing some of it today. Fantastic. Mayor, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you and get your insights on what's going on. And, and uh, we wish you well in the rest of 2020 and, and stay healthy and safe for 2021. Gentlemen, you do the same. Great to see you. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time with me. I'm great. We're grateful for your time, too. Thank you, Mayor. Thanks, Arnie. I'll see you next week. Take care, Scott. See you next week. Thank you for listening to What Do You Know? I can't wait for the next show, Scott. I'm excited, too, Arnie. If you'd like to suggest a guest, send me an email at scottrichman at townsquaremedia.com. We'll see you next week. And thanks for listening to News Talk KGVO. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.